Welcome to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, a podcast featuring C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, nonprofit and government leaders expressing how they model leadership, integrity, and authenticity in the marketplace. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the collaboration with thought leaders from across the globe sharing their best corporate practices. Now let's welcome our host, Executive Leadership Coach Christina Lee, for another amazing conversation. All right. Well, welcome. I'm excited to be here today. I'm Christina Lee, your executive leadership coach, and I am excited to be here with another another episode of Exec Talk. It's been a minute since we've had an opportunity to come together, and I'm excited because today we have a phenomenal guest. You all know how much I love the Leadership Challenge. And so uh, we had to go all the way to the Lone Star State to grab one of the biggest leadership challenges, master facilitators in the country, and she's going to come and share her expertise around exemplary leadership. And so I'm really excited. We're going to talk today about leaving a legacy. That's right. How many of you know it is super important for you to be thinking about the legacy that you're going to leave as a leader? And so I'm excited. I can't wait to jump into our conversation. But before we do that, we got to pay the bill. So we're going to go into a commercial really quickly. And when we come back, I'm going to share a little bit about Miss LaWandra Smith, and we'll get on with our podcast. Stay tuned. Paradigm 360 LLC is a corporate consulting firm that specializes in executive coaching, coach training certification, change management, and an array of leadership development tools designed to build culture and produce authentic leadership within your organization. Our team of experts have over 30 years of combined experience working with C-suite executive, leadership teams, middle management, and frontline employees. We take pride in our corporate motto, building world-class leaders one conversation at a time. Please look us up on the web at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Until then, we'll see you at the top. Have you ever wondered how to scale your career? Or what about lead your team to the next level of success? Or maybe you've thought about stepping out and launching that new consulting business. Whatever your personal, corporate, or professional desires are, Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 is the platform for you to glean from world-class thought leaders across the globe. Join the conversations on Apple, Android, and various podcast platforms. And once the show is over, keep the conversation going on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of our executive leadership coach, Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top. You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360 with executive leadership coach, Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. Well, well, well. Well, I am excited. I've been excited about our guest today uh, for several months. Uh, I got an opportunity to meet her from uh, one of our mentors in the business and the Leadership Challenge Movement, as I call it, uh, Miss Valerie Willis. And so uh, you, we had Valerie on the show, uh, I guess, almost now, about a year ago. So uh, please feel free to go back and listen to uh, some of the things that she has shared, too, about the Leadership Challenge. But today... We're going to talk to none other than LaWandra M. Smith. 
Certification and Leadership for Advanced Management Division Administrator. LaWandra received her Bachelor's in Communication from Prairie View A&M University and a Master's in Public Administration from Stephen F. Austin State University. She is also a certified master trainer with the Leadership Challenge. LaWandra has worked for the Department of Family and Protective Services for over 30 years. Half of her tenure has been in adult protective services, serving in leadership capacity. She currently is the division administrator for certification and leadership for advanced management. Ooh, that is a lot. Also, she enjoys providing teams with tools and language to create a positive, collaborative, and engaging workforce. Now, this is where the bio gets interesting. She is a certified, I'm going to have to cough on this one, she's a certified lifelong (coughs) Dallas Cowboy fan, and I'm certain that by the end of this podcast, uh, Leandra will know that there is nothing finer than a 49er. Will you give it up for my good friend, Lawandra Smith? Welcome to the welcome to the show, Lawandra. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Can you hear me? I can, I can, and can we first before we do all the all the interviews and formal stuff? Can we deal with this lifelong? How you, what, how you gonna be a certified lifelong <laughs> Dallas Cowboy fan? Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you how I can be a certified Dallas Cowboy fan. I tell people all the time. Number one, because Dallas Cowboys are awesome. You got to respect the star. But I tell people all the time, if you ever, ever want to experience every emotion that God has blessed you to have, be a Dallas Cowboy fan. Because there are times when you will cry. There are times when you will be mad. And there are times when you will jump for joy. And there are times (laughs) where you'll be like, meh, okay, whatever. But it's just... (laughs) It's just an emotional roller coaster. I guess you can say I love adventures, but I've been a fan ever since I was a little girl. Wow. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm from the Bay Area, and so I've been a 49er fan all of my life. And uh, one day, uh, I'm going to challenge the process and teach you how to say there's nothing finer than a 49er. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there at some point. Listen, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you uh, here with us today. I've admired your leadership from afar, and uh, we've had many leadership conversations and uh, so I can't wait to jump in here. Listen, before we get started, I I would like the audience to know a little bit about you. Just share in your own way whatever you would like uh, our audience, our internet world to know about you, and then I'd like you to uh, tag along um, your role in the Leadership Challenge. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, You know, I thought I was prepared for that question, right? So um, here we go. Uh, What do I want the world to know about me? Uh, Let's go ahead and just talk about some basics. 
If I have a funny twang to you, that is because I live in deep East Texas, about 10 minutes from the Louisiana border. So I got a little bit of that Texas thing going. I got a little bit of that Louisiana thing going. So if I happen to say something and you're like, what did you say? I won't be offended. I'll go back and repeat what I said, just in case it's just not, I'm very clear and concise. Um, I, you know, what can I say about me? Um, I, I just want you, what could I tell people? Um, I grew up, I'm not going to go that far back, but I tell people this because sometimes people ask me, how did you get interested in working for the agency that you work for? And how did you manage to stay uh, so long? And that's because I believe in the mission and vision and purpose of our agency. And I think it started uh, being raised by grandparents. You know, my grandfather was an old fashioned Baptist preacher who thought it was a sin for women to wear pants. And the only music we could listen to our house in our house was gospel and country and Western. I don't know about that other part. I couldn't listen to R&B because that was the devil's music. And my grandmother taught school, um, had two masters, hours on her PhD, so very much into education. By the time I came along, um, she uh, taught special education, and so oftentimes her her kids might would come to the house, and so we would do activities with them. So I just grew up in that world uh, where it was just so important to respect others and respect our elders and just respect uh, those who um, you. You know, there's a saying in the Bible, by the grace of God, there go I. And so just mm-hmm. being um, merciful and kind to others, um, no matter what uh, what they're dealing with. And so that has kind of just been my, my foundation. Not that I'm perfect. I don't walk on water. I'm not Jesus. But, I, you know, for me, I'm just the type of person who really believes in treating people as people, as, as we should want, as we should treat them. And I come from a heart of love and I, and I strive to live that way day in, day out. Now, again, I'm not perfect. Some days I have my ups, I have my downs, but it all trickles in into leadership and it all trickles in into the work that I've done for the past 30 years. Wow. That, that is a lot. That is a lot. That, and it's fantastic. So uh, today's conversation is going to be about leaving a leadership legacy. And I know that uh, this is a, a very important topic to you. Uh-huh. And I can already tell, right, from your opening that you are a person who leads with your values. Uh-huh. And so I want to hear when you when I want to hear from you, you know, what is this leaving a leadership legacy? How do you how do you do that? You know, when I talk about leaving a leadership legacy, when I am doing leadership workshops for our staff, sometimes I get that quizzical look. Like, what do you mean leaving a leadership legacy? I don't have time to do that. I just got to take care of the day-to-day operation and take care of the staff. I don't have time to do that. And so what I speak to people about, I bring this to their attention, and I said, you know what? You're going to leave a legacy whether you intentionally mean to do that or you don't intentionally mean to do that. And so I ask people, I tell them, I said, I want you to do two things for me. And the first question is, I want you to think of a leader who just really poured into you, um, built that, 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 that community of trust, um, provided those opportunities for you to be where you are now. Um, who really just took the time to build you up and help you get to where you be now, just really made a difference in your life. 
And then I asked, does anybody have a leader like that? And of course, everybody does. And I was like, well, tell me, what were some of the qualities about that leader that made you remember that later? And, you know, oh, they were trust, you know, they, they, they trusted me. Um, they believed in me. Um, oh, my gosh. They, they provided opportunities for me uh, 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 to grow and to develop. Uh, you know what? They listened to me. They allowed me to um, uh, go with my ideas and my vision, you know, just all kinds of things. And so then I um, asked people, well, think of a leader that you have had. Have, has any of you, have anybody ever had a leader um, or a person in position of leadership that you scratched your head and you wondered, how did this person get in this position? And you went home crying at night, or you went home mad, or you you just had this this environment that was crazy. Has anybody ever experienced working in leadership like that? And I typically get, uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And so we talk about, well, tell me what 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 qualities, what characteristics, what actions did this leader take with you to make you feel that way? And, you know, we get all kinds of answers, right? You know, uh, they took credit for my work. Uh, they weren't fair. They weren't consistent. Um, they were just mean. <laughs> they yelled at me. And I'm like, you work for somebody that yelled at you? <laughs> You're better than me. You know, it's just all these kind of things. They didn't walk their talk. Right, right. They didn't walk their talk. No credibility. No credibility. No credibility whatsoever. They said one thing but did something totally different, and it, and it just wasn't right. You know, I couldn't believe in them. You know, Christina, you know as well as I do, we have this saying when we facilitate the leadership challenge, if you don't believe in the messenger, will you believe the message? Mm, that's good. That's yeah, good. yeah. And, there's, and, and, I, and, you know, people talk about, well, you know, we, we get on a – sometimes we can go on rabbit trails when we're talking talking about leaders that they have had that were not great leaders. And so I say, well, why do you remember that for all those characteristics and things that we talk about? So that's why we talk about leaving a legacy is about being intentional. Yeah. Yeah. It's about being intentional with your words and your actions. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to jump in here. And, and, and dive into the work that you've done uh, because uh, in the particular area that you've worked, you've worked with adult protective services, uh, and you've, I, I think you spent a, a short time in children, uh, protect, uh-huh. or child protective services as well. Uh, being on that side of, of uh, servant leadership, right, for the government, um, is, that's a huge role. And, and most people don't realize that you can't control things uh-uh. like caseloads, right? You uh-uh. can't. There is no perfect storm for uh-uh. what you do, right? Right. And 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 so and and it's not like the work that that you do in that field that people are skipping to go to the next house to see what they're going to see next because. You almost have to brace yourself sometime. Would that be fair uh, to see some of the things and to hear some of the stories as a leader, as a leader, how do you, how did you muster up uh, the, the opportunity to leave a legacy, even in that type of environment that's so volatile and, and emotional and uh, just, just, and challenging at times, 
I, I, as a leader, I know that you managed and was administrator for many uh-huh. years. How did you? How did you encourage? What did you do? How did this? I, I want to hear. I want to hear. I, I just want to understand how you moved people in leadership. You know, um, there were a couple of things, but I'm going to take this back to Kuzis and Posner, Jim Kuzis and Barry Posner's work. Okay. You know, when they started this um, uh, research, they talked about the four characteristics that leaders willingly follow. And you know, those four characteristics are honesty, competence, inspiring, and forward-looking. And I want you to know that although I tell you I was not Jesus Christ, (laughs) I'm just not perfect, but I strive to be open and transparent. I strive to meet people where they work. I strive to inspire the people that I was responsible for and just acknowledge I know your jobs are hard. I know your workload is hard. I know it is. And I just strive to keep them inspired and taking it back to the mission, Mm. taking it back to the mission. And, you know, um, at the time, the mission was just very short and sweet, protecting the unprotected. And just Mm. talking about, you know, and instead of talking about cases, just talking about these are people. These are people. Mm. It's not cases. It's people. And so just trying to keep them inspired and do understand. And when they needed me, if I needed to go out on a home visit, if I needed to sit down and and staff a case or put things into place to help people to be able to move their workload ahead, I did it. I did whatever I did, whatever I had to do to help them. And then I want you to know a a big part, a big piece of this is encouragement, Mm -hmm. you know, recognition Mm -hmm. and encouraging people. Um, There was a study and I'm sorry, I cannot remember that exact study, but it talked about that people love to feel valued. And when people feel valued, they will work harder for you. Mm -hmm. And so in this particular study, it talked about um, when people are encouraged and they feel valued, they will work 94% harder for you. And so I would tell the supervisors, I would tell this in the leadership classes that I facilitate. I said, think about that. That's almost a brand new FTE. You know, not quite. Almost. So, so, Melandra, can I I jump in here for a second? So, so you were able to take uh, a a social worker who may have had a a large caseload, and because you were able to encourage them, Uh outside of maybe sharing uh, words of affirmation, is there anything else that you did as you encouraged the heart? Because um, you yeah. couldn't take the, you couldn't erase the cases. I mean, it is what no. it is. No. Right? And, and you got yeah. these people to work 94% harder. Uh, that, that's amazing. I, I mean, what are some of the things outside of affirmation that one could do um, yeah. as you encourage people at this level? Because yes. now I understand why you've left such a legacy. <laughs> I understand <laughs> why people sing your praises uh, in, in, in the, the work that you do. How did you do that? 
You know, it was a variety of different ways. I want to tell you, when I initially promoted into the program administrator position, um, we were going around and we were talking to different units, right? And so not only did I come in there and I start talking about, hey, guys, this is how um, we, you know, here are, not only did I come in there and start talking about some benchmarks and start talking about some things that we need to hit, you know, to be able um, um, to be able to do our role successfully. I want you to know, Christina, I went and in my own money, I bought every last single person a Sonic gift card. That's when I first promoted in. And uh, it was just a $5 gift card because I was a state employee. <laughs> but the thing of it is I wanted them to know how much I appreciate the work that they did day in and day out serving um, the, the, the clients that we were responsible for. And I said, now, you may look at this as just a $5 Sonic gift card, but I tell you what, because it was summertime, if you go uh, when Sonic has half-priced drinks, you will have a $10 gift card. And I just want you, when you are out there and you are working and you need to take a moment to breathe, I want you to go get you a drink, pull over, and just um, practice some mindfulness. That's one Mm. thing that I did. Another thing that I did, um, Christina, is that with with the people, the supervisors that I had, um, I talked to them and said, you know, these jobs are really hard. We need to show our staff how much we appreciate them. So we um, encouraged the supervisors. We came out of our pocket. So every year, for several years, we sponsored a luncheon for our staff. And the first time we did it, um, it was so great. We actually brought in a caterer. Uh, We had some events for them. We kept them on the outside until we got ready to let them in, and we had like a red carpet. They walked into the thing. They were amazed. We had somebody there taking a picture like they were paparazzi. (laughs) But, you know, we just wanted them to know how much we appreciated them and for what they did day in, day out. Um, The other thing that I started doing as we started doing other luncheons like this I started buying um, cards, you know, like the little note cards. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I would write a personal note to each and every one of them, even the people that were um, a little hard to manage. Mm Because I had a few of those, because, you know, just we weren't in Wonderland. But I had a few of them that really challenged me, uh, really challenged the process, not in a good way. But anyway, (laughs) I'm not going to go into details. (laughs) But... Because it's so important to build relationships and to get to know people and to get to know those strengths and even those opportunities for improvement, even even myself as a PA, I knew every worker in that region. I spent time with them. Um, you know, I, I set it up like but an, you were the administrator, correct? I, I was the administrator, but I set it up to be able to do that. I went out to different unit meetings. Um and, I, and I'm going to get back to the note cards. And one of the things that I think people forget in the world of leadership, especially if you're in a position of leadership, is the power of observation. Mm, so when yes. I walked into a unit meeting, I could tell who was happy. I could tell who was not. 
I could tell what the tension was. And then for me, because I don't believe in having elephants in the room, I don't care how many, how much lipstick you put on it. I started. It's still a bad looking elephant. It's still bad looking elephant. Yeah, they don't belong in your living room. They don't belong there. So, you know, I started, you know, taking those little actions not to create drama and trauma, but just like, hey, how are you doing? Tell me what's happening with you. How, how, how are you, how are your, how's your workload going? You know, those kind of things. But I knew those workers. So back to the note cards. So when we did lunches, I took the time to write something personal to them about how much I appreciate them. How many people are we talking about? We're talking about about 45, 50, 45, 50. Yeah, we were a smaller region. We were a smaller region. But um, the what that I'm going to tell you when I knew it made a difference I was watching one particular person who had been a challenge, but I, I found something. I might have to put that person to the side along with two others, but I found something. And I watched as this person read that note, and she, and the person sat there, and they kind of looked at me like, is she for real? <laughs> is she for real? And I'm not going to say it smoothed the relationship totally over, But it was enough for them to be appreciative of what I put. And let me tell you another reason how I knew it was impactful because one of the supervisors came back and said, You do know that they were comparing their notes because they thought you had just written something general. And they were comparing. Yeah. So here's what, here's what, this is why, this is why the word on the street. Is, is about how wonderful you are as a leader. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You might sway me to be a Dallas Cowboy fan until <laughs> this thing is over. First of all, can I commend you for not being a cookie cutter? Thank you. I Thank think you. that's phenomenal. Because here's what I here's what I hear. I I hear the total person coming to work and instilling value in the people that you lead. And when you care about people to that degree, uh-huh. they either got to sway and move toward being on board or they move toward exiting out the door. And I hear yes. what, what I yes. hear from you is that your personal value system was so embedded in your leadership that it's almost like, you know, it was it was this intangible piece of you that became yes. so tangible to the person. I Listen, that's, LaWandra, I, I hope people are really paying attention to what you're saying because I don't know, I, first of all, every training that we do, every every uh-huh. training that we do, LaWandra, uh, if it's uh, 50 to 100, it doesn't matter how many people, 25 or 10, we write a personal uh-huh. note on our stationery, I personally, as the CEO of the company, I write a personal welcome to each person that comes into our organization. That yes. is part of our values. That yes. is, we, we don't have a training without that personal touch. And we make sure that we make people feel that they've been seen. Yes. I am impressed that as the administrator, now many people listening to this conversation may not realize that uh, you you were at the top uh, of, of your division and you took the time to do this. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I did. And and you had supervisors under you and other yes. people under you. Yes. So so this isn't like you were you were the person right next to the frontline staff. You're no. you're several layers up. Yes. And here's what I hear from you. And I, I, this is why legacy is so important. And we're going we're gonna to get to that. We, we might have to have three or four interviews with you because you're, you're, <laughs> you're doing so well with this. Um, here's what I hear, Luandra. Here's what I hear. I hear that the reason, because many people are trying to wonder, how she do all that being administrator? When does she work? Well, when you lead right, you have time to lead people. Uh-huh. You're not in the weeds. Mm-hmm. You're not getting granular. The people are doing the work, and you are leading the people. I heard you say you walked around and did observations. Mm-hmm. You really used and managed your time in such a way that your job was to be the, the chief encouragement officer. Yes, yes. That's what I hear from you. Yes, yes, Is yes. That, am, am I hearing the right thing? You heard, you hear, you have heard correctly. I would tell my other colleagues across the state, sometimes at the end of the day, we have to be the cheerleader. Yeah. We have to keep people inspired and keep motivating um, any way possible. But I want to back up something because I heard back up for something because I heard you say I didn't necessarily, I didn't get in the weeds. I didn't get granular, but I want you to know there were times I did get in the weeds. Mm-hmm. I did. I had to get in the weeds. I had to get in the weeds because I understand, you know, the purpose of the program. I understand the purpose of our responsibility. So every now and then I had to drop in the weeds. I did. I had to drop in the weeds just to make sure um, we uh, were doing what we needed to do, that people had the resources that they needed to have to be successful. Because the one thing that I always I always believed in. I believed in when we hired you, when we brought you on board, we saw something in you that we wanted to cultivate. We wanted to um, help you become the best caseworker, supervisor, whatever it is. I believe that when you came to the table and we chose you, it's because we saw something in you that aligned with the work that we did. Now, when I had people, of course, we, you know, it was not Wonderland again. <laughs> you know, we had people that came on that we realized, oh, gosh, we're going to have to go ahead and help you get off the bus because this is not where you need to be. So we start having to have those courageous conversations and those courageous actions. Courageous conversations. Mm-hmm. Courageous <laughs> conversations followed up by courageous actions. OK. Oh, and wow. so on uh, the show, I, I, we'll, we'll book you to come back because I want to hear about courageous conversations and Courageous what acts? Is that what you said? Yes, correct for courageous actions. Yes, oh, ma'am. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes, ma'am. But 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. But before I got to that point, Christina, I was throwing everything at you know people to help them be successful. Whether they needed additional training, mentoring, whether we needed to do some hold hand, you know, hand holding, whether mm-hmm. we might needed to reduce the number of intakes that you get until you can get your workload in order. I was throwing it all in there. Uh, pairing up with people. And I did that until I realized you were not trying to help yourself. Now, if I was doing my part, but I realized you weren't coming to the table or you were taking advantage of it, or, you know, it just was not a good fit, then it was time to move you on. And let me tell you why I brought that up. Um, You know, this thing, have you heard of this thing called the LPI? 
the leadership practices inventory. You heard a little bit about it? You heard a little bit about it? Okay. Well, when I first started facilitating the leadership challenge, I had transitioned over to training and I had left the region. So I had sent my LPI to uh, my direct people that I supervised. I sent it to some of the caseworkers, some of the people in the community that I worked in. And I said, be honest, because you're just going to help me grow because we talk about feedback as a gift, right? And I said, be honest, it's not like I'm coming back anyway. So, you know, give it to me. <laughs> and I want you to know that I still pull this thing out. It is just so encouraging to me. Oh, wow. But What's one of the most encouraging things you'd like to share? I mean, that's the fact that you have it. How many years ago was this? Oh, my gosh. I think this was in 2017. My gracious. What's one of the most encouraging things that, that you have? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. Um, I was just looking at that. But can I go back to, to, to the bus and getting off the bus? Because I just want to point something out to yes, you real quick. Absolutely. So you know how you have those comments that sometimes it's like, oh, that's an outlier. Well, I had these two, diff- you know, these two different, different type of comments, and then I realized, well, they're describing who I am. Uh, a lot of people said I gave people, uh, quite a few people said I gave people too many chances. Then I had that one comment that said, oh, my gosh, you know, once you hit her radar, there is no forgiveness, and she's just busy trying to, you know, cast a bad light on that person and get them out the door. Mm. And, you know, for the minute, I'm like, what? <laughs> what, 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 what? Did they miss the sonic card? That's right. I, I wrote them a handwritten note. What happened That's here? right. That's right. What, what? But then I had to realize that both of those comments were correct because oh, they right. described me to a T. I was going to give you every chance I could get, I could give, but when I saw you weren't coming, you weren't interested, then yeah, it was time. Um, uh, we had a previous director that said, you have to help people off the bus. And so that, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't even know why I went down that rabbit trail, but you well, asked I me. I think that that's something that people need to hear because I think that um, we hold on to bad talent too long. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happens is when you have a bad apple in the midst of good apples, mm-hmm. all of the apples start to smell rotten. And yes. so I think you're right on point, and you said that for a reason because it's important, it's imperative that we have boundaries and we have things in place that help people get off the bus gently. Yes. And, and maybe they just need a, a, a traje- uh, to change their trajectory. They may do something right. fantastic somewhere right. else. So right. we want to wish people well. Right. We want to help people get off the bus gently. We don't want to throw them off the bus. Right. But we do need to help people understand that if this bus is going west and you're going east, right. you're going in the wrong direction. And right. I think what, what, what challenges organizations is when they leave bad talent. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it again. When uh-huh. you leave bad talent in a position and you, and you refuse to deal with the reality. Right. And here's the thing. If people show you who they are, Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe when it. they start to show you who they are, believe it. And when we can understand that, and that's in any organization, uh, whether that's uh, government, corporate, nonprofit, anywhere, anywhere we are in life, that rule is the same. If people show you who they are, believe them. Okay? Because real people, I always tell people, real people come to work. That's it. And, and real people come to work. So, yeah, I want to hear... I want to hear what you were going to share 
uh, I know there's one on there that just you just go back and look at it and say, this is why I do what I do. Oh, gosh. Let me tell you, Christina, I'm going to pick one out. You know, the question where it says, um, what is one contribution this leader had made for uh, made for which you would like to express your thanks? Uh-huh. Yes. I want you to see something. There are like there's like a page and a half oh, of comments, gracious. a page and a half. And it's kind of hard for me to pick just one. But I'm going to pick this one right here. And it says, thank you for allowing my voice to always be heard and respected. You empowered me to be better than I was the day before. Your passion, understanding, and ability to relate to individuals taught me how to accept individuals just the way they are and continue to demonstrate respect and kindness in spite of. Watching you empowered um, and taught me how to ta- how to successfully work with anyone at any time. That's fantastic. That, that, thank you for sharing that. Um, as we talk about leaving a legacy, um, I always encourage leaders to take their OPI, uh-huh. go back to their teams, uh-huh. and thank the people who raised uh-huh. them. And say, you gave me some wonderful feedback. There's some areas that I realize I have to grow and develop in. And, and would you hold me accountable? Here's some areas that I, I've chosen to work on because I want you to know I heard what you said. Why do you think, as we talk about legacy, why do you think it's so difficult for leaders to go back to the people who have rated them and be honest about, here's some areas you identified as a team that I could work on, and I want to make a commitment. Yeah. I want to make a commitment to do that. Will you hold me accountable for that? Yeah. And, and, hey, six months to a year later, you're going to see this assessment again, and I would love for you to weigh in and see if um, those five practices, if I'm leading at a higher frequency, if I've, I've been able to up my game in those areas. What, what do you say to that? How do you help leaders after the LPI, go back and and make that self-assessment and be vulnerable, if you will, with their teams? You know what I do, Christina? I talk to them just like you just explained. I I do. That's what I do. I talk about how feedback is a gift. And at the end of the day, that is what helps us to grow. And I tell them, your people took the time to not only fill this out for you, especially when it comes to comments, but they left you comments. They didn't have to leave you comments. So as we talk about feedback is a gift, this is a gift to you. So go back and share your information. Now I'll tell them, now don't print your LPI and hand it out. No, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do that. Yeah, we don't want you to do that. But take some time. Hear what they're saying. See what the messages are that they're giving you. And go back and thank them and talk to them about it. And do just like you just explained, Christina. Ask them to hold you accountable. Even ask them, what are some things that I can do? You know, I noticed in this area you talk about that um, I don't encourage the heart very often. And I realize that I don't encourage the heart very often. What are some things that you need or you need from me? Or what are some things that I should do for you to let you know how much I appreciate you? 
um, how I can encourage you more, how I can praise you more. Because you know, and I'm just using it as an example, because we know that people like appreciation and encouragement on a different level. Some people are happy with a simple thank you. Some people might like it big, you know, and when I mean big, send me that email and CC everybody, including uh, <laughs> President Biden, you know, or whoever right, the right. president in the office. <laughs> you know, some people like it big. Some people like it one on one because they don't want to be embarrassed. Right. But but, you know, it's, it's just about asking those specifics. What can I do? to help improve in this area and, you know, and, and, and just having those conversations because, you know, vulnerability, vulnerability is not a weakness. It's a strength. It's a strength. Yeah. And it helps us to remain humble and it helps us to remain authentic and it helps us in our leadership growth to be able to provide um, those things that the people that we lead need. Absolutely. You know, uh, Patrick Lencioni, uh, author of um, the five dysfunctions of a Mm -hmm. team, uh, says that um, in, in his work around the five behaviors of a cohesive team, um, he says that trust, he defines it as vulnerability trust. Uh-huh. And, and I like the way he does it because he, he gives the differences between predictive trust, uh-huh. meaning that I can predict that LaWandra is going to be where she says she's going to be. Yeah. I can pretty much predict that because yeah. I know your character. Yeah, yeah. But vulnerability trust means that I can be vulnerable and open yeah. and honest and, and I can admit my mistakes. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes um, leaders have a hard time admitting their mistakes in front of their team but when we bring that level of vulnerability, we're bringing humanity into the relationship. Yes. You talk about that working 94% harder. It's not just in me giving you gift cards, but it's also in me modeling the way. Yeah, there you go. And showing you, there you that go. I want to be authentic. I want to care yes. about you. I, 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 you mean something to me. Yes. I value you. Yes. And I'm going to not only show you that, but I'm going to demonstrate it in my own weaknesses. When I become weak, watch this, my vulnerability makes me strong. Absolutely. I share something about myself that others may deem a weakness, it is really a strength. Yes. And I think that we got to get in front of our teams more and allow uh, Patrick Lencioni says, warts and all. Yes. Be vulnerable. Yes, because, you know, when we are being vulnerable, we are setting the tone. We are creating that culture and that atmosphere where Mm -hmm. other people can be vulnerable as well. You know, have you ever had to talk to a colleague or, or someone that you lead to try to get to the bottom of some information and they are hiding it or they're not giving you the full answer or they're just not even coming into, coming to you and say, you know what, my bad. I, I'm, I, I'm just so sorry. I, I just didn't get that. When a leader can model that. Mm-hmm. That's right. And say, so, you know what, guys, I, <laughs> I have to apologize to y'all because I was way off cue on that. Mm-hmm. Or, or just talk about those mistakes, right? Because I used to tell my staff, mistakes unless they were truly intentional and really caused a huge mistake, they're learning opportunities. Absolutely. Learning opportunities. That's what helps us grow. And when I facilitate a workshop, um, Christina, sometimes at the end of the day, I'm like, these people are going to think I was the most horrible leader, leader ever because I teach from 
my mistakes. Mm-hmm. I teach mm-hmm. from those lessons that I've learned from um, <laughs> having goofed up something. But yeah, I'm sorry. We went. No, I, I think, listen, the whole purpose of today's conversation is to talk about the legacy of leadership and, and what we want to leave as a leader. And I think you're doing just that. I think as you um, as you share and you talk about those past mistakes, uh, people know that you're human. And mm-hmm. I think humanness is a great leadership legacy to leave. Right? Yeah. Um, we're going to go on a commercial break, but before we do that, I, I want to just um, make note that when we come back, what's most impressive about your leadership is that you did this for 30 years, you retired, and then you came back. You came yes. back some more. Yes, yes, because yes. I wasn't done. You wasn't <laughs> done. I love that because that's really going to help us tie the bow on this because there was something going on in Lawandra that said the work is not finished. LaWandra, we're going to go into a commercial break for a second. And when we come back, we want to hear about you finishing the work. Are you ready to jumpstart your conversations? How about create a culture of transformation through powerful coaching questions? Then Accelerated Coaching Conversations is the solution for your team or organization. Paradigm 360 offers a one-day coaching training course that will introduce powerful skills that coaches use to create high-quality, breakthrough conversations. These conversations help to improve the participants' personal and professional effectiveness. People can leverage the power of conversations to impact people in transformational ways. Trainees will learn how to listen for what really matters, understand how to ask powerful questions that result in increased workplace productivity, identify conversation killers that sabotage constructive relationships, learn how to identify the types of questions that create space for people to respond authentically. For more information about Accelerated Coaching Conversations, please contact us in the following ways. On the web, Paradigm360Consulting.com or drop us an email at info at P360Coach.com to schedule your next corporate, government, or nonprofit Accelerated Coaching Conversation for your team today. In the between time, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC or check out our latest leadership podcast, Exec Talk, on Apple, Google, and Spotify platforms for the latest and greatest corporate and business tips. In the words of our marketplace coach, Christina Lee, we will see you at the top. You're listening to Exec Talk with Paradigm360 with executive leadership coach, Christina Lee. After the show, stay connected at www.paradigm360consulting.com. Now back to the show with your host, Christina Lee. My, 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 I got to tell you, I don't want this interview to end, but I know it got to end. <laughs> I got to tell you, I've had a good time chopping it up with my good friend here, LaWandra Smith. She is with uh, the Leadership Challenge. She does a wonderful job as a master facilitator. She trains people all over the state of Texas and beyond, and she is just a phenomenal, phenomenal person. And after this, how can I hold it against her that she's a Dallas Cowboy <laughs> friend, fan? And I, but I I'm going to challenge the process here because I know before the end of this, I can at least hear her say there's nothing finer than a 49. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Listen, LaWandra, um, you have laid so many leadership nuggets down for us. Uh, you know, um, my mentor uh, once told me 
that, and this has always stuck with me. He says, before you go do something um, big for yourself, do it for someone else. And what he meant by that, you know, when I first started my business, he talked about entrepreneurship, and he said to me, I hope that what you're getting ready to do for others, you've spent time perfecting it and doing it somewhere else so that you have something to offer. And what I hear from you is that you spent 30 years in the division as a leader, and you then retired, and like one of these big athletes, they come out of retirement because they're not finished yet. (laughs) (laughs) They they come out of retirement because they're not done yet. You came out of retirement 30 years to do it again. And now you're leading at an even higher level. What? You got to help us understand this piece around legacy. You said it best. You said I wasn't finished. Talk to us about finishing. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. You know, I pulled it up because I know that our mission has changed here recently. So let me read you the mission of our organization. We promote safe and healthy families and protect children and vulnerable adults from abuse, neglect, and exploitation. Our vision, improving the lives of those we serve. At the end of the day, that is what it is. And I still have a fire in my belly or a fire in my heart to do my part to build that the, the leaders to be able to support the frontline staff to be successful in carrying out this mission and to carry out this vision. In doing so, It's like iron sharpening iron. I learn myself and I grow myself. I also have, um, I also want our frontline staff to know that they are leaders. When I was in that public administration position and I would go out to different unit meetings, I knew this is why I needed to go into leadership training because I would talk to those caseworkers and I would talk to those workers and I said, let me tell you something. You are a leader. People may never ever know that my name is LaWondra Smith and I'm your program administrator, but they're going to know you by the work that you do in this community, by how you treat those that we serve and their families. They're going to, you are the face of protective services. You are a leader. Leadership is not positional. We can have all the titles in the world, but it won't grant our influence. It is our behaviors and our actions that grant our leadership. I believe in that so much. And Christina, I wasn't done. I just needed to come back and and, and do it again. And let me just tell you something else. I've been in this role for two weeks. Two weeks. Um... When I came back to the agency, I came back as a division administrator for training support in another program, but I realized that my heart was in the classroom. I realized that my heart was engaging with the leaders of our agency and just iron sharpening iron, (laughs) trying to build 
up those skills and those abilities and that confidence and that competence to, to, to support those people who were out there doing this work day in and day out because their jobs are hard. All of a sudden, this, this position came open. Uh, I, I came back into the classroom, and so then this position came open, and all of a sudden, I had a vision. Well, I take that back. I then had a vision. I had a vision, and I just said, you know what? This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to bring in new, innovative workshops, what have you, to just provide our leaders what they need to be successful. So, yes, I'm retired, or let's put it this way. Not retired, inspired. That is what I tell people. Wow. Not retired, inspired. And when that fire dies down or that inspiration goes down or, you know, it's no longer um, a passion to me, then I'll move on to something else. You know, people are living longer. They're working longer. They, you know, they're staying in the workforce a little longer. And I tell you, this is my second win. So it's all about doing what I'm passionate about that I feel like I can have a contribution and at the same time learn and grow myself. Wow, I I think I I really, there's so many things going through my head as you talk about this and you frame it the way you have. Um, You you know, I I wish um, I could clone your leadership. (laughs) I realize I can't. Um, what, what, what's so powerful for me is that you, you said earlier that people work 94% harder. How, how do you not work for someone like you? Aww. How do you, how do you not? Here's a person that worked for 30 years, retired, and you came back and said, let's do it again. And what's so powerful is that you said, let's do it for the frontline staff, the people who are closest to the work. I don't know anything more humbling, um, more impactful, and it's almost like you have embodied yourself in this leadership message. And you've embodied leadership to such a degree, you've made what is intangible, tangible. People can touch it. People can sit down with it at lunch. People can talk. People can be affirmed. And, and I just want to congratulate you because this is not something that we see often. And I see why the front line worked for you the way they worked because very few people will spend 30 years in servant leadership government and sign up to say, I don't have even an expiration date. (laughs) I'm going to run this thing out as long as I can. I want to commend you. And I I, I hope, uh, you know, our biggest client base is, is government leaders. So, you know, I hope that, that our government, state, federal, county, city, even our corporate audience that that works with our organization, I hope that they're hearing this. Because what I'm hearing you say, this really isn't about you. It's about uh-uh. it's about Miss Martha in the community who has dementia 
and her family is not taking care of her the way she should be taking care of her, and your heart still bleeds mm -hmm. for her to make sure that she has protection and safety, or 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 or, or little Erica who has uh, had some un. Uh, fair chances in her life, uh, or maybe little Tommy, who who have had some some sad situations come his way. That you you retired, but then you stayed up nights, still trying to figure it out. Yeah, and that your heart wasn't satisfied until you came back. Yes, you yes. put the suit back on. You suited back <laughs> up for game day. I did, I did, and and just let and just let me add to that. And yes, the people that we serve, but also. Our staff, your staff, our, our case, our, our you know our specialists, our casework, whatever you know, the, the people that go out knocking on that door every day, say hi, I'm LaWanda Smith, and I work with the Department of Family Protective Services. Those people that are running up and down these roads, the highways and the byways, I want them to know how much we appreciate them, and I want them to have the support from the leaders to be successful. I want the leaders to have what they need to, 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 to be successful in their roles. It's kind of like this thing, we call it parallel processing. In other words, how I treat my staff, that's how their staff are gonna treat their staff, and it's gonna triple on down to when you're knocking on that, that door to say, I'm here to help. So we just need to model and we need to model um, the, the, the behaviors and we need to model. We need to set the tone. And wow. I just want to encourage people to be able to do that. Wow. As we uh, close today, um, Lawandra, I'd I, I have to live another life of leadership to, to get close to what um, you've done and what you've brought to the table. Thank you for being such an exemplary leader. Um, and thank you for what you're modeling and how you're modeling the way um, to all of us. And so I want to ask you as we close, um, what, what, what leadership legacy do you want to leave? What does that look like for you? As you close, what, what does leadership legacy look like for you? That's a good question. Season? That's a good question because in this season, because I believe I left a pretty good one when I came out of program. And you know what, Christina? I never even really thought about this by myself. Isn't that crazy? I encourage other people to think about this, but I never really thought about it for myself. Um, oh, my gosh. That's kind of bad. As a facilitator, they just hit me. Because <laughs> I need to do what I ask other people to do. Um, and let me tell you why I, I said I believe I, I, I left a, de a pretty decent one when I came out of program is because of the responses and the, the comments that I got on my LPI. And it just helps to remind me who I am as a person and as a leader. So in this next stage of my life, I, I still want people to understand, you know what, she was authentic. Mm. She was open. She was transparent. Mm -hmm. She made you laugh a time or two. <laughs> she remained calm. She was a visionary. And because she was a visionary, she helped us, inspired us. And she left us better than she found us. Wow. 
folks, you heard it. Miss LaWandra Smith, I am so excited. Listen, thank you, thank you, thank you, LaWandra. Thank you for tuning in to Exec Talk with Paradigm 360, where executive leadership meets values, authenticity, and integrity in the marketplace. If you would like to know more about Paradigm 360 Consulting, check us out on the web, www.paradigm360consulting.com, or continue the Exec Talk conversation on Twitter at Paradigm360 underscore LLC. Until then, in the words of executive leadership coach Christina Lee, we'll see you at the top. <laughs>